Hey, Harpy Hour fans. Here's a new way to earn yourselves a coveted Harpy Hour logo sticker and get a shout out from us in an episode. Just tag us at Harpy Hour Pod on an original social media post. So not a retweet, but something you wrote yourself telling your friends how much you love us. Next, DM us your mailing address straight from your social media account or email us along with a screenshot of your post to harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. You won't get another sticker if you already got one in our last giveaway, but let your friends know anyways so they can participate and get a matching sticker. We're only giving away up to 20 stickers, but if you miss out, you can also get one by supporting us on Patreon. Now, before you enjoy the episode, check out this promo from another awesome podcast to add to your list and stick around for Harpy Hour. Hey, I'm Talisa. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to The Shit Show, a half-assed true crime podcast. We're two moms who run complete shit shows while talking about everyone's favorite subject, true crime. Join us each week as we talk about the highs and lows of each case and everything in between. Look for us on your favorite podcasting platform. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Shit Show TCP. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Harpy Hour may contain explicit language, as well as graphic, violence, and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Harpy Hour! Harpy Welcome. Hour! Harpy! OMG! What? The Harpies! <laughs> oh, did you say OMG? She said I OMG. <laughs> I did. Oh, guys, I just really want macaroni and cheese right now. Oh, I'm going to have one as soon as we end. Oh, this where did this come day. from? I usually have mac and cheese before we record, but I just, we started early. It just, it just occurred to me that like mac and cheese sounds delicious. She had her cookie earlier. It's the gateway to the mac and cheese. It is. It's the gateway food to mac and cheese. Yeah. Oh my God. I did have a cookie on our break in between episodes. It was delicious. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Tracy and I'm constantly snacking. Our episodes air weekly apart. <laughs> so it sounds like she had a cookie in the past week. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> i'm liz i'm steph yep and this is our podcast where we share ridiculous stories and history science and entertainment and our baking lives i'm kind of sad we didn't uh record all the random banter we had going on before this we just bantered about craig's bachelor party and about how they're gonna get lost in the woods how he inexplicably wants to invite eric who he met once to go fly fishing with him in colorado I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it either. This is good, guys. This is quality content. <laughs> we used it all up. We did. We did. I'm trying to think of like a sexy time connection, but... A sexy time connection? Yeah, like when you like blow your whole load and then you can't, you know? <laughs> we did we, that. We were That's premature what we on our bantering. Which is why we don't have any more left to give. We blew our load. We blew our banter load. <laughs> we blew our banter load. Yep. We have to wait now like 
There's a refractory period, (laughs) for sure, before we can banter again. During that refractory period, I would like to be fed mac and cheese and Mm. cookies. That's how I feel during all refractory periods, actually. (laughs) Sex, mac and cheese, more sex. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. Like, that sounds like a great combination. (laughs) Just mac and cheese in and around my mouth. I'm just picturing you and Craig just sitting up in bed. It's so erotic. (laughs) Eating craft mac and cheese. You know, some people use food and foreplay. Mac and cheese? Does anyone use Kraft mac and cheese in foreplay? <laughs> no, I don't want to use it to like be sexy about it. No, I want to eat it. There's like, nothing sexy about Kraft macaroni and cheese. No, it's sexy There's in its own right. sexy about powdered cheese. Don't you know the campaign, the send me nudes like campaign that they got in trouble for? No. Kraft no. was gifting for the holidays. I didn't hear about it until afterwards. Otherwise, I would have sent you bitches some Kraft mac and cheese. But they had some sort of campaign where you could like go and like for free order a gift box of mac and cheese to send to somebody. And so they were sending people these gift boxes okay. of Kraft mac and cheese. But it, it was like somebody sent you nudes. And, and so they were doing like the send me nudes pun. N-O-O-D-S. Yeah. Excellent. But there are some angry mothers out there who didn't appreciate it. Or like it. my children are sending <laughs> nudes to their classmates. Yeah. And really it's like macaroni. Who have no sense of humor. One of the tweets was literally like, there's no need to sexualize macaroni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it comes in a gift box delivered to my door, then I'm fine with it. Liz, was it you? Was it you who had the? It probably wasn't Kraft mac and cheese, but some like off-brand that the noodle. You know, you can have like shapes of the noodles, but they were like little dicks. Oh yeah, I made it was, like a that, bachelorette party thing. Yeah, um, I think I made it like a pasta salad, but like a dick pasta salad. Yes, yes, we're all a little. With them. Shapes yeah, the, that you can the penis, barely tell what they penis are. Pasta. Yes. Yeah. Guys, I'm really hungry. We need to keep going. <laughs> Steph. Yes. <laughs> what do you have for us today? Give us your foreplay. Your episode foreplay. Is it mac and cheese? And if not, I'm not interested. My segment is called A Sweet Surprise. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! A God. cheesy surprise. <laughs> uh, mine oh, could yes. be called a sweet surprise. A noodly surprise. Send nudes. S O S. My segment is called the Great Flood. Oh, oh boy! Getting biblical. You of all people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into it. So we're talking about the Great Flood, by which I obviously mean the Great Boston Molasses Flood. Obviously. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you doing a Boston segment? I am kind of doing another list topic. This is confusing. I know. I remember we talked about this earlier, and I was like, I can't believe she beat me to that. Oh, it's been I... on my list forever. I, I just don't know who you are anymore. It's history. It's Boston, it's syrup, all things Liz. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand. 
how am I supposed to tell you two apart anymore? <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to January 1919 in the North End neighborhood of Boston, a.k.a. Northy. <laughs> Stop it. That's not real. I refuse to believe that that's real. Nope, I reject this. That's how they name things in Boston. Am I really sitting through another fucking Boston segment? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh my God. (laughs) They're real creative up there in Boston. God, I can't. Oh my God. Is it not called Dorothy? No. South End is called Southie. Why no, would why not? South Boston is Whatever. called it's Southie. North End is The Southie. North End is the North End. <laughs> Steph, if you, if you tell me you're doing something with the Italian mafia in, <laughs> in Boston, I am ending this call. I am not doing it. I am not. I will not do it I again. Not, but the Italians do play a small role in the end. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll get to it. Oh, my Lord. The Purity Distilling Company was located at 529 Commercial Street, and it was owned by U.S. Industrial Alcohol. So what would happen is ships from the Caribbean would come up to Boston and deliver molasses. And this molasses would get stored in this giant tank where it was kind of held until it was ready to be transferred via pipes to the purity ethanol plant in Cambridge a few miles away. You mean Canby? Canby. That's Canby. <laughs> the Canby neighborhood. Canby. I hate this. I don't want to be a part of this inside joke anymore. <laughs> I don't like this. I'm picturing these like sewer pipes that just deliver the molasses over there, which is like, can I hook my kitchen faucet up to this? Asking for a friend. Um, oh my god fresh molasses for those of you who don't know molasses is a dark brown syrup that is produced from refining sugar cane or sugar beets it's really important to gingerbread cookies Mm -hmm. it's critical to gingerbread cookies one might say it is 40% denser than water and it can be fermented to make alcohol or weapons what? Pick your point. So during World War One, they would lay down molasses on the ground so their enemies would get stuck in it, and like the horses would get stuck in it, like flypaper. Mm-hmm. So they don't make weapons. You buying that, Tracy? That's I totally just made that <laughs> shit up. I was like, what? I was so like, like uh-huh, that's not making on. a weapon. That's using molasses as a weapon. That's a separate thing. <laughs> I've been very adversarial. Like, uh-huh, go on this week. This. <laughs> This episode, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna let that one go. It's fine. It's ridiculous, but it's fine. <laughs> no, no, but really, somehow it was actually used to make like munitions and explosives. Why you would like defile sweet, delicious syrup that could become alcohol one day and turn it into a vehicle of hate is beyond me. But apparently, they did that. Rude. Yeah, they don't have their priorities straight. Tbh. Right? So let's talk about the storage tank. It was. 10 Tracys tall by 18 Tracys in diameter. Yay! <laughs> in layman's 10 terms. 10 Tracys, that's 500 feet. In US units, that is 50 feet by 90 feet in Tracy diameter. Tracy cannot math. 
<laughs> what How tall do you think you are? Wait, what did Tracy say? She said 500 feet. I 500 feet. Zeros. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. 500 feet is 10 Tracy. <laughs> I'm just really How stretched. How tall do Guys, you think God. you are? You're underestimating <laughs> my stretchability. It is 50 feet tall, 90 feet in diameter, this tank. It can okay. hold 2.5 million gallons of molasses. I did not calculate mm. how many Tracys that is. I do not know the volume of a Tracy. You don't. <laughs> it's okay. It's ever evolving. <laughs> you can ask me after my January whole 30 how many th- Tracys it is. Pre or post boobs. Pre or post boob reduction surgery. Yeah. Post breast reduction, post whole 30. Mm. I, there will be significantly less Tracy. That one's a little more dynamic. I didn't count. It is. It. it sure is. Depends on the cookie amount. Depends on the mm. cookie supply. How dense a Tracy <laughs> is. So how dense. <laughs> Density okay. and mass are two different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about volume. Anyway, God, gallons are volume. Being your friend. <laughs> Anyway. How, much, how much water does a Tracy displace when you dunk her in a tank? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one. So this tank was about four years old at the time of the incident. <laughs> From the beginning, this tank leaked constantly. The company knew about it. Everybody knew that this tank was leaking. But okay. rather than address the leaking problem... The company painted the tank brown so that nobody would notice. Amazing. That is, they you had think some that thinkers. You could still see like a sub, the oozing of a nope. substance. Nope. Perfect camouflage. I mean, spoiler alert, people still noticed. <laughs> Flawless answer, no notes. Children would go up to this tank with cups and pails and like yeah. fill it with molasses to bring home. So like yeah. nobody was fooled, not even children. Yeah, why would you not do that? That sounds delicious. They're taking molasses from a stranger. I mean, they're not going to use it if it's dripping on the ground. Hopefully. <laughs> um, nom, know. nom, nom, nom. Also, this tank was known to groan loudly, especially when it was filled high. So, like, yeah, nobody Same. was under the misconception that this tank was solid. <laughs> I also groan when I am full. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Molasses barrel. Same. So... January 14th, 1919, a ship offloaded molasses into the tank, and the molasses had to be warmed in order to make it easier to transfer. Warming the syrup makes it flow more easily because of science and fluid dynamics and viscosity (laughs) and all that shit. Okay. Science happens. They do science about it. Mm Mm-hmm. This was only the fourth time in the tank's four-year lifespan that it had been filled to the top. The tippy top, as Trump would call it. The very tippy top. (laughs) (laughs) When it was filled to the top, it was enough molasses to fill 3.5 Olympic swimming pools. That sounds delicious. Mm, A lot of fucking molasses. That sounds delectable. Let's get to the incident. On January 15th, so the next day, Okay. The ambient temperature rose to 40 degrees Fahrenheit in Boston when it had been much colder on the previous days, 
And by much colder, I mean two degrees Fahrenheit. What the fuck, Boston? That's I was going to say, that's a little heat wave over there with your 40 degrees. (laughs) Is that a real temperature? Like, how is that a temperature humans can live at? What are you doing, Hawaii, calm down. Get it together. (laughs) I am outraged by two degrees Fahrenheit. Well, you haven't seen zero or negative. (laughs) Oh, God. When I went to Syracuse, we would see it, but... Mm -hmm. I I put that out of my mind, you know, blacked it out. Oh, God. Well, we're not going to see it much longer, you know? So. Yeah. It's fine. Global warming. Sure, Go sure. Ahead. Well, it lasts. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it warmed up significantly, and therefore, so did the tank. And again, science happens, fluid dynamic, et cetera. <sighs> it expanded. Mmm, science. Oh, boy. At 12.30 p.m., people in the area felt the ground shake and heard a loud rumble. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel molasses following down. down. (laughs) People felt the ground shaking. They heard a loud rumble, kind of like a train passing by overhead, but much louder. Was it Carol King singing about molasses? It was not. (laughs) As this poorly constructed tank finally blew. Okay. People had also reported hearing growling, crashing, and roaring, and others described it as a thunderclap. None of these sound good. No. No. These are not sounds you want to hear when you're out and about doing your errands in Northy on a cold (laughs) January day. A warm January day, apparently. Yeah, there's a a warm snap. Yeah, so everyone's out and about doing shit on the one warm day. They're in their shorts and their sandals. Sunglasses. (laughs) Yep. As the tank burst, the rivets that were holding this like old tin can together shot out in all directions, creating this machine gun-like sound, which doesn't sound like a real thing, but apparently it is. Also awesome. sounds dangerous. Yeah, I mean, depending on how fast those rivets are going, they could functionally be bullets. I was going to say, you could get taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a tsunami wave containing 12,000 tons of molasses. Amazing. Came crashing through the streets of Boston at 35 miles per hour. That's a, quite a clip there. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's not insignificant. Yeah. So when someone says the phrase, slow as molasses, maybe you question them how much molasses and how warm it is. I don't think you've heard of molasses. We can't use a slow as molasses. We can't use avoid it like the plague. Mm. All lies. Because clearly, during the plague, no one avoids things. <laughs> they hide in the sewers. Mm, not well. Not in 2020, <laughs> they don't. No. In 2020, they go out and they don't wear masks. They go to Trump rallies unmasked. Mm-hmm. I found multiple reports about the peak height of this wave. It was either 15 feet tall or 25 feet tall. Or 500. <laughs> Three to five Tracy's. One source even said 30 feet tall. Six Tracy's. Oh, I draw the line at six. Somewhere between three and six Tracy's. Those are not good metrics. A big molasses tsunami in the middle of Northy, which it's small for a tsunami, but at least like with a tsunami, you get some kind of a warning. Like, you know, we have like tsunami sirens here in Hawaii whenever there's like a potential for that something like that to happen, but like you're in Boston, no one's suspecting this. Or are you saying that all of the growling and roaring and thunderclapping and and the machine well, that was guns. like a second before it happened? <laughs> that was like as it happened. Okay, 
I've gotten some tsunami warnings since we've been here in Hawaii. Like if there's like an earthquake somewhere in the middle of Pacific or something, we'll get like, you know, tsunami watch, get to high ground kind of thing. So I mean, question, of it. where do you go? I mean, I'm on the 20th floor of my apartment. So this is probably... So you're fine. I'm probably fine here. I don't think it would go this high. I guess you go inland. But what if it like compromised the lower levels and I mean you're not going to be able to evacuate very quickly you're in the middle of the Pacific but I mean depending on how fast it's coming am I going to go down to the first floor and try to make it to the mountains or am I going to stay up here I doubt the building's going to collapse famous last words (laughs) one time a tsunami (laughs) siren went off when I was in the water free diving and I was like uh this is the first time I ever heard it I was like uh fuck what do we do and the person I was with was like well if it's real we're fucked if it's if it's not real, we're fine. So I guess we just carry on and see if it stops. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Which we did, and it turns out it stopped, and that was like a false alarm. But I mean, you're not dead, so that's good. But I'm here, mm-hmm. so this fifteen to thirty foot wave of molasses had enough force that it tipped over a near, like a tipped a nearby streetcar off its tracks. Nearby buildings were lifted off their foundations and crushed, which included the Boston Firehouse. So there was like firemen sitting in there just like playing cards, eating lunch, hanging out, shooting the shit. And then suddenly the building just like swept off its foundation and crushed and they all got buried. I didn't realize there were like people who died in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not great. I I don't know anything about this. I don't. I'm. We don't have these things in Erie. We keep our molasses under control. (laughs) The next time you eat a gingerbread cookie, remember (laughs) that people die. Remember the fallen. (laughs) (laughs) Molasses. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like this is the kind of story that is known probably pretty well locally in Boston, but like Mm -hmm. outside of that is not as much. Yeah. I'm guessing Elizabeth knew. I definitely heard of it. I just didn't realize. I thought it was just like a folksy, fun thing. Like, oh, remember that time we had an inch of molasses everywhere? That was hilarious. More than an inch. (laughs) We will get to it. Also, when the tank blew, a huge rush of air accompanied the molasses tsunami. So people were like picked up and tossed several feet like they were just fucking ragdolls. Like this whoosh blew them out. And... So people who, and people who weren't thrown by the rush of air had things thrown at them by the rush of air. People were injured by like flying debris as well. Okay. A truck was flung into the Boston Harbor by the rush of air. Jesus. Pretty fucking powerful. And several blocks in Boston and Northie ended up two to three feet deep in syrup. You need waiters for that. Yeah, seriously. It's she thick. She thick. She thick. A child named Anthony D'Astasio. This is great. I saw this story in multiple reports, so I had to tell it. He was okay. walking home from school with his sisters, which, why are you going home from school at 1230? Maybe for lunch? I don't know. That's the only solution I have. He and his sisters were walking home, and he was suddenly picked up by the wave and in such a way that he ended up like riding the crest of the wave like he was surfing. I was going to say, Amazing. was he the first surfer? Actually, no, I'm sure there were surfers before. That, Amazing. He, he's the first molasses surfer. <laughs> and yeah. only. <laughs> I don't surf, but I do boogie. Boogie board, that is. Boogie and this sounds like a lot of fun. 
until the part where he like then hit the ground and the molasses like washed over him like as the wave died down like he was just like swept to shore and he couldn't cry out because his throat was clogged with molasses and he ended up passing out briefly and then he mm-hmm. came to with his like sisters all around him staring down at him like dude what the fuck yeah or they're like, that was epic. How they didn't get swept up in it, I don't know. Well, because he probably did something stupid that's not in the article. Like, he ran into the molasses. Or maybe, like, <laughs> yeah, he was just that much cool. smaller than them that, like, they were able to stand in, like, the two feet of molasses, but he was just, like, swept up in it. I don't know. Ugh. There were many people and horses that became stuck in the goo. The Boston Post reported, quote, Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mass they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Why would you Mm. say that? That makes me so sad. I know. I hate it. I know. It's all fun and games until it turns into... Until a horse dies. Yeah. And people. And people. the horses. (laughs) Mostly the horses. So after the initial wave of warmed syrup came out, I should point out that I read that like it was slightly warmer than the ambient temperature. We're not talking about like scalding hot syrup here. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like it was like boiled and people. Yeah, no. no. But it was it was warm enough that it flowed easily, but then as soon as it got into like the cooler winter air, forty degrees out, mm-hmm. it started to cool, which made and it thicken. stickier and thicker. Yeah. So it was harder for people to get out of it. Again, science, fluid dynamics, etc. Yeah. The rescue. 116 cadets from the Massachusetts Nautical School, who were kind of like just happened to be there, ran into this knee-deep syrup trying to rescue people. Sure. Shortly thereafter, they were joined by the Boston Police, the Navy, and the Red Cross Army. Remember, the Boston Fire Department couldn't help because they were too busy being rescued themselves. I say they were sure. dead under their crushed building. Only one yeah. fireman died. Okay. Most oh, okay. of them were okay. Yeah. But right. they were, you know, crushed under the building and, you know, being pulled out of there themselves. So they were not in any position to help out with the they rest of the They were putting their own masks on before helping others. Exactly. Got it. A makeshift hospital was set up in a nearby building so they could tend to the wounded. And rescuers and medical providers worked all through the night. Remember, this happened at like a little afternoon. Right. Hours and hours are going by where they're trying to rescue these people. And then overnight, the temperature dropped even further. It froze the syrup even more, so the victims were, like, stuck in this hardened sugar, and rescuers had to now use, like, chisels and saws to, to break through it. To chip away at the molasses. Yeah. Damn. To, like, saw through the frozen molasses to get people out. They continued searching for victims for four days, but then there were some victims who were found three to four months later in the Boston Harbor, probably either, like, swept mm, in or, like... They got blown off. Blown in through the, with the air, yeah. Overall, 21 people lost their lives. An additional 150 were injured. So, not great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember all of, like, hearing all the specific ways that the flood caused destruction and took people's lives. I just recalled it being, like, this tank burst, it flooded the streets, people drowned because you can't swim in molasses. Yeah, it was either, they, I mean, they were either thrown into the harbor and drowned there, they drowned and succeeded in the syrup, or they were, like, hit by debris or crushed in buildings. Injured, yeah. So the cleanup effort mm-hmm. was quite an endeavor. So fireboats were spraying seawater 
to, on like all over the place to wash away the molasses. And they were also throwing sand out after that to kind of absorb the molasses. Sure. The harbor was reportedly brown with molasses until the summer. So like five, <laughs> six months of sweet, salty water. But tasted delicious. Environmental mm, hazard. Yeah. I Ruined fish. everything. So when I was, re- I was researching this, I found out that apparently, I didn't write it down, but I guess Honolulu at some point had some kind of molasses flood, but it just like flooded into the harbor. I don't know how it happened. Some pipe, pipe burst and like flooded into the harbor and then like it just, all the molasses sank and just like destroyed all the sea life. Aww. Yeah. So I can't imagine it's good to have all that molasses no. in the harbor. It's probably not good for like the, the sea life down there. The molasses also spread to the rest of Boston because those people who were there like cleaning it up and everything got it on their shoes and their clothes and everything. People are just leaving sticky traces everywhere. Exactly. So like yeah. <laughs> sticky fingers. <laughs> then, oh dear. It took hundreds of people several weeks to clean up like the immediate area, but then like much longer to clean the rest of Boston that just got like secondary sticky. So it was like it was in trains, like in train cars, on the seats. It was in like payphones, like the buttons, and in people's homes. Like it was fucking everywhere. It's like glitter. It's like glitter. One newspaper <laughs> wrote that everything a Bostonian touched was sticky. Yeah. The aftermath. This was such a big story that it pushed the Prohibition Amendment, which was ratified the next day after this flood, and the Versailles peace talks, which ended World War I. Those were pushed off the front pages of Boston's daily papers. It was all about the molasses flood. (laughs) Local news wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Local residents brought a class action lawsuit against the U.S. Industrial Alcohol Company. And litigation took six years. Oh, God. Because, probably, it involved 3,000 witnesses and so many lawyers that they couldn't all fit into one courtroom. (laughs) Jesus. So many people affected by this. The company tried to claim, here come the Italians, Tracy, that yes. the tank was blown up by Italian anarchists, and that's why the molasses oh. flood happened. Oh, come oh. on. They're like, well, molasses is used to make munitions, so it angered the Italian anarchists, so they clearly just went and blew up the tank. It has nothing to do with the fact that it was leaking and groaning for years. Who invented gingerbread? They're in charge of this. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking it up. I'm Googling. Santa was no, one of the witnesses. They would want to conserve the molasses. Gingerbread. Yeah, right. They would want to wreak havoc with molasses. Gingerbread history. It was all just a marketing scheme. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they blamed the Italian anarchist based on what evidence I don't know, but like nobody believed it. Like there was no evidence of explosive being used. So where they pulled this out of, I have it no idea. It just seems like a weak. Yeah. theory turns out you can't just go into a courtroom and make baseless claims and have them believed what <laughs> that's not Who what trump told me mm-hmm. they were ultimately found guilty though the alcohol company i was like the anarchists not the, not the anarchists <laughs> no the um u.s american alcohol company uh industrial alcohol company excuse me was ultimately found guilty and they had to pay out $628,000, which in today's money is $9.26 million. Relatives of those who were killed each got $7,000 per victim, which in today's money is $103,000. So 
that's for each person who died. Okay. I guess the rest was like for the cleanup efforts and the damage okay. to the city, etc. That makes sense. This case is considered a milestone case for modern corporate regulations. There were many laws and regulations in regards to like the um, construction that were changed after this disaster, like mm-hmm. having to have a licensed architect, civil engineer, like approve of these things before you use them. Because like we take that kind of stuff for granted Standards now. Standards and regulations. Right. But that like wasn't mandatory back then. So like there you would, I don't know, it just seems like it boggles the mind that they just didn't have those things when they built this giant-ass tank. They're just like, just make it big enough and don't worry about how to construct it. And you would think that if not for everyone else's health and safety, that just for their own assets, they would want right. to ensure that their container will contain their valued goods. Yeah. Right. Like this thing was leaking all the time. Everyone knew about it. Like how much did they actually lose? I guess it wasn't that much in the grand scheme of things that it hurt their profits until it exploded. But like they knew it was leaking. They were losing potential profits there. So what the fuck actually happened and why? (laughs) Okay. As I touched on before, this pink was very poorly constructed it was also not tested. So, like, they were supposed to test it with water, at least, to, like, fill it with water and see if it leaks anywhere. But they never did that. They were in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Well, some say that the they were in a hurry because they were trying to outrace prohibition. Like I mentioned, prohibition mm. was ratified the day after this happened. But it wasn't going to take effect until the next year. So mm-hmm. people were saying like, oh, they were just trying to get as much molasses as possible, make as much alcohol as possible, and sell it all before prohibition took effect. So that because people were going to be like stocking up, you know? Sure. So they were trying to just like get things done in a hurry so they could get their product out. The tank walls were half as thick as they should have been. And they also did not contain manganese. Apparently, the absence of manganese made the metal more brittle Baker. at less than 59 degrees Fahrenheit, which, as we've learned, very Boston common. gets that fucking cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boston gets pretty fucking cold. That's like half the year. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and also, I read one article that said that this is the same material that was used to build the Titanic, and we all know how that mm. went. We really should just, like, stop investing in that. Like, it's not going well. <laughs> Maybe we don't build things out of that material. Yeah. The rivets were also flawed, obviously, since they shot out like bullets. Like, that was not constructed well. Mm -mm. And there were cracks forming around the rivet holes. So, like, there there were warning signs, like... We just didn't pay attention to them. No, we just painted it brown and called it a day. (laughs) It doesn't look like it's rotting from the inside, so it's fine. (laughs) This was, like, pure negligence. They, like, the warning signs were there. And they just didn't. A reasonable person could have foreseen that there would be a problem. Maybe not this problem, but a problem. I wonder if they just thought that the stickiness of the molasses would hold it all together. I mean, that's a poor way to think of it. Since the molasses was dripping down the sides. (laughs) Like, that's not great scientific inquiry either. Mm. Like, we're not winning any prizes here. No, no, no. I read one article that said that when a labor this is quote when a laborer brought actual shards of steel from the tank's walls into the treasurer's office as evidence of the potential danger this was like before the explosion it was okay he replied quote 
I don't know what you want me to do. The tank still stands. Like, they knew. Cool, thanks. Okay. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it's flawed, but it's still holding molasses, so... Or Carry maybe on. they were saying it can't be that flawed. It's like if it's still up. Okay, but then it wasn't up. So, <laughs> yeah, well, well, at that point in time when it was still standing, okay. they were like, I don't know what you want me to do about bad. it. Not doing anything. It seems fine to me. So, the science that I alluded to earlier science, fluid dynamics, et cetera. Sure. So, CO2, carbon dioxide, is produced during the fermentation process of the molasses, which may have risen the internal temperature of the tank. Also, like I said before, the air temperature rapidly rose from 2 to 40 degrees over the course of a day, so it's rapidly warmed the syrup inside. All of this caused the syrup to expand, and it's filled to the top, mm-hmm. and just pressure to build inside this brittle tank that is already like busting at the seams and leaking, and has mm-hmm. cracks all over the rivet holes. So, I mean, this was not that long ago. I mean, it's 100 years ago, but it's not like before the age of understanding physics. Sure. Like, science and engineering were sufficient at this point that they could have predicted this. Yeah. But again, they just rushed to make the tank, so... It was negligence. Are you saying that capitalism is not in our best interest? <laughs> no. Is that your implication, Steph? Not my words. You said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so, remembering the molasses flood. Never forget. Hashtag On the 100th anniversary of the flood, they had a remembrance ceremony, and they used ground-penetrating radar to find the exact location of the tank, which is now 20 inches below a baseball diamond. Oh. oh. Yeah. I hope one of the teams that plays there has, like, a punny molasses team name. <laughs> oh, that'd be cute. They, I guess they all, like, stood in a circle and read off all the names of people who were killed and stuff. Okay. So that was our little 100-year remembrance ceremony. Apparently, there's a teeny tiny little plaque somewhere in that area that is very easy to miss. Liz, when you're home, you need to go find it. Okay. Let's find it and take a picture. Thanks. Everywhere that I read was like, it's super small. You barely notice it. Go find it, Liz. I will. Commercial Street in Northie. Okay, good. In Northie. Please stop. One of the Boston Duck Tours has named one of their boats Molly Molasses. Oh, <laughs> precious. And this case was studied in a intro to fluid dynamics course at Harvard in 2016, which helped us to understand a lot of the science behind what happened. So they like built a little tiny model of Northy and like had a little container full of corn syrup. <laughs> Adorbs. <laughs> Just, like, Adorbs. Released it and watched what happened. <laughs> Scaled simulations. Mm-hmm. I think they were the ones who figured out like how fast the molasses must have been going. Mm. at the time supposedly you can see on some places like some brown stains on the walls and stuff still but like if you didn't know what happened you wouldn't you would together. just think it was shit yeah. literal <laughs> shit regular boston staining i've never experienced this personally but it's rumored that on really hot days oh you're in stealing my line the north end yeah my last line here was legend has it that on hot <laughs> summer days you can still smell the molasses in the air but really, that was actually a thing for like decades after yeah. the incident. People I believe that it, it used to be a thing. I don't like, in the North End, like we still have a lot of the original like brick and cobble streets and stuff like that. And so 
I do think it is reasonable that like, you, you know, it's the molasses seeps into nooks and crannies that could never have been cleaned. Yeah. Or it kind of like gets baked in to sure. those surfaces. And then, so if it's really hot, then it just burns off that molasses odor. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it literally did for decades. I don't know about anymore, yeah. but it probably, maybe a hint of it if it's really hot out. Well, Liz is not going to be able to do that over Christmas. It will not be warm <laughs> enough. <laughs> no. Um, I did read like one article i didn't write this down but there was one guy who was like retelling how he like he was a bostonian who had learned about this molasses flood he was like years later but he always knew that like boston smelled like molasses like sugar he found out the story of the molasses flood when he was like walking to buy a bike or something like that someone told him the story and he was walking around boston and then he always put molasses in his coffee so like one day he was saying that he was like putting molasses in his coffee years later and you could smell it, and suddenly he like had the urge to like ride a bike. It made me think of Tracy's like scent and memory thing. Yes, where you just connect like the smell of the sweet smell of They're Boston processed to in like the same center of the brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like bring it all together there. Yep. Oh, they the said synergy. that like for like a month or two after this first happened, that aroma was so strong in that area that people just had all these like coughing fits, breathing problems mm -hmm. because of just so much sugar in the air. I guess. I kind of love it. It makes me want to go hang out in Boston and smell things. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you should do that. But the hang out in Boston I, part, not the smell things. I can't. There's this little thing called COVID-19. You know, eventually. Eventually oh, you put can it go on your sniff list. Boston. Yeah. Eventually. Oh my God, that's going to be a fun times Friday when I... Tr where Just pictures of you running around Boston, <laughs> videos buildings. of me sniffing the air in Boston, licking buildings, like licking the yes. route between the cobblestones, trying to taste them. I see a brown stain. Let's investigate. <laughs> Sniff every brown stain in Boston, please. Oh. Yes. Oh, no. I'm so sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to hear how this brown stain tour of Boston turns out for me, you can listen to Harpy Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen, please rate us and leave us a scratch and sniff review. <laughs> Everyone's going to be scratching our cell phones, sniffing them, going, I don't smell it. This review doesn't smell. This is your own interpretation. Choose your own adventure. If you have stories that you'd like to share with us or you just want to say hello because we're awesome and you want to be our friends, you can email us at harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at harpyhourpod. We are also on Patreon, so extra money you have lying around now that the holidays are over. Oh my God, guys, we didn't mention this episode comes out at the end of January. We have a new president now. Yay! How did we not come up with I that? I saw a meme that said the most anticipated palindrome date of all time is 1-20-2021 because it's the same backwards as forwards if you put it that way. That's what a palindrome is. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass you by exposing the fact that you don't know what a palindrome is. Well, clearly I did. Yeah, after I explained it. But anyway, the holidays are over. You've returned some gifts that you didn't really want, so now you have extra cash. Give it to us. And we you can should. turn it into merch and extra content and all kinds of goodies. 
Por favor, gracias. Thanks for listening. Wait, you guys, I just what? realized this is my what? birthday episode. Oh, oh happy too late. Birthday. Nope, too late. Infected <laughs> Boston for me. Aww. Yeah, yes. it was totally planned. It had nothing to do with the fact that this is the closest episode I had to the date of the event. <laughs> Absolutely the not. date of my birthday. That was the event I was referring this to. This is definitely. the Liz's honorary episode. Thank oh you. Oh my god, we missed so much potential in I know, banter. banter, I know. You fucked this up, Elizabeth. Okay, thanks for listening. Okay, okay bye. bye. Stay away from molasses. Happy but birthday. But go to Boston. Do you? That was that was on stuff. You look like a monkey and you smell like one too. Don't insult monkeys like that, Steph. Just rude. Oh. Just rude. Haha, my birthday already passed. You can't get me back. (laughs) Next year. (laughs) Or your precious half birthday. Do not desecrate my half birthday. It is a blessed event. We have to celebrate Tracy every six months. Do we? Do we? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.